Hello, listeners. Welcome to my next edition of Behind the Travels podcast. This is Sandy McMillan, and thank you for listening. I've decided to start a new series. The series will be entitled The Human Side of the Pandemic. And for today's episode, I've invited a friend from Uzbekistan to join us. You know, the COVID-19 pandemic has resulted in a world upheaval, and no continent, country, state, or city has been spared. We've all heard about the effects of the virus physically, and we know the symptoms and the need for social distancing, face masks in public, frequent hand washing, and in the case of the elderly or the vulnerable, isolation and quarantine to remove the risk of infection. This time in our history has been called unprecedented, and most everyone in the globe is aware of the crisis. As borders closed, cities shut down, and families and individuals moved into a state of quarantine and isolation, the world seemed to hold its breath for several weeks, not daring to breathe, as almost the entire population locked themselves away in an effort to halt the spread of this contagious disease. But so much more went on during this time and beyond, more than we'll ever know. It's been a time of regrouping, a time of prayer and pondering, a time of Zoom calls, home education, home cooking, slower days and nights, and quiet. As I've pondered the widespread impacts of this pandemic, I've reached out to friends and travel suppliers around the globe to find out how they and their families are doing, how their countries and cities are faring, and most importantly, what have they experienced during this time? I realize I'm likely not the only person with these questions, and as a result, I will be inviting friends from around the globe to share their stories of the COVID-19 pandemic in their respective countries and homes. I'd like to introduce my friend, Abdu Samadov, from Samarkand, Uzbekistan. Good evening, Abdu. Thanks for joining. Good morning to you in the United States. Abdu, thanks so much again for joining. How are your family and uh, how is everybody's health in your household? The... Um, um, is uh, doing okay, and uh, thank you, first of all, for inviting me to talk to you, and it's a great pleasure to have the opportunity to talk to you and your travelers. Um, we are um, all uh, at the end of the very strict uh, pandemic uh, lockdown, but now, uh, slowly, um, things are getting better, back to normal now. Good. I'm glad to hear that. And, and it's fairly much the same here in the United States as well. So, Abdu, I know that some of my listeners may be familiar with Central Asia and Uzbekistan and countries there. But I'd like to ask if you could share just a bit about who you are and your background with our audience. Question, Sandy. Yes. Uh, so I would like to um, provide some information about uh, myself. Um, my name is Abdu, uh, born and raised in Samarkand. It is a Silk Road city uh, in the middle of Central Asia. And uh, I was born in a country that does not exist anymore, USSR. Uh, we became independent uh, uh, close to about 30 years ago. Um, at the moment, I'm 35 years old, married to 
Dilly, my wife, uh, we have got three kids. Um, they are 11, uh, Amira, and 10 years old, Diora, two girls, and our son is uh, only five years old. Um, um, some more information. Uh, my background in education is uh, I've always liked to learn new languages, so I speak um, uh, three local languages of Central Asia, which would be uh, Uzbek language, Tajik, and Russian. Russian has become one of our very regular languages in here. I also speak uh, some English, as uh, I am now talking to you in this uh, language, and then I speak Japanese too. Uh, in uh, education, I studied in England, so I went there as a student because I wanted to help my parents uh, back in Uzbekistan by uh, working in England while I was studying, and uh, I did there my degree in international relations and development studies. You remember those days, uh, I was very young and very uh, idealist, uh, hoping to work uh, for some uh, probably some international organization that could bring uh, people of different faiths and uh, different um, nationalities together. Uh, but I found a, a really good uh, medium for that. So um, after coming back to Uzbekistan, I uh, joined a local tour company and started to work as a tour guide and tour manager. And uh, this is a great profession where I have chance to meet people of uh, different backgrounds and faiths and uh, um, uh, from different countries where it's so amazing that people are universal all over the world and we have almost the same value and uh, travel has helped me to meet many of those people together and to introduce my region and my country. So this is as short as that I could do. Abdu, thank you. And you know, I'd like to pick up on one point that you made expand on that, and that is this. I, too, with my travel industry and business, have discovered that as I go around the world and meet people, we all have the same commonalities in place. We all have the same desire for our families to be well. We all have the same desire to, to create a positive impression and a positive impact on our countries, our families, our friends. And, and I think genuinely we all have that same desire for friendliness, for learning about each other, and really for helping one another. I believe that's inherently there in all of us. So thank you for pointing that out. So Abdu, I know you and I have had the opportunity to chat during this pandemic. In fact, audience, I'll give you a quick background. I actually met Abdu through my Facebook page. But Prior to meeting Abdu, I started watching a um, YouTube series during the pandemic in March when everything shut down. And as part of that YouTube series, I was introduced to the Stan countries, Uzbekistan, Kazakhstan, Tajikistan, via the travels of a young woman that I was following on this uh, particular channel. I'll be frank with you, I'd never truly thought about the Stan countries as a destination before, but it intrigued me to watch her videos and to see the genuine friendliness of the people in the beautiful countryside and the beautiful cities. The history, as I started to do research, was just astounding. Well, ironically, Abdu, you happened to reach out to me after I posted my first podcast with my granddaughter, Mariah, and we had the opportunity to really start talking 
about the STAN countries and particularly about our interests in travel and our future interests in getting our clients to travel to Central Asia. So I, I do have to say I feel it was something of a, a divine uh, intervention, if you will, that I was learning about the Central Asian countries at the same time that you and I started to have some travel conversations. So I find that quite interesting. So, Abdu, we have had a few opportunities to chat during this pandemic, but I'd be really interested in hearing your perspective of how the people of Uzbekistan and Central Asia in general are managing through these unprecedented times. What can you share? For the question, and yes, I second to that thought that you mentioned about us having the opportunity of talking during the pandemic and uh, in fact that podcast with your granddaughter uh, I was hearing it and I was translating it uh, to our daughter uh, and sharing uh, the uh, views of Maria to our daughter and that's how I decided to write you a message of uh, thanks after listening to that uh, podcast. Uh, going to the question about uh, Central Asia I will um, I will be doing uh, some very quick introduction to the region uh, in a in a, in a moment, but uh, I want to um, answer the question that you uh, said about how is uh, this uh, global uh, pandemic is uh, um, affecting uh, my region or what. Uh, what did it bring to my region? What happened uh, to our part of the world? Just like uh, uh, you said in uh, the uh, first message uh, during the introduction, it has indeed caused, it has indeed uh, touched almost every city or even I would say every village uh, across the globe. And uh, um, in Central Asia, we also had uh, similar uh, things. And when it started, uh, nobody really had an idea of um, how to handle it, just like, as we can see, even in the most developed countries in the world, um, containing it uh, has, um, has been a very contentious subject. Nevertheless, Central Asians were very quick in uh, containing it, so we introduced um, full lockdown or restrictions, which means that our schools were closed right away. Uh, we decided to stop um, the public transport as well in most of the cities of Central Asia. So Central Asia, just to have an idea, is a, a huge area, but population-wise, it's only like 72 million people. Um, and then um, during the pandemic, it was uh, the time when we had to stay at home. The, the hardest part was especially months of uh, April and May, when the government um, advised, all the governments of Central Asia advised us to work from home, to study from home, and uh, even our travel by car was uh, restricted to only uh, four hours during the day, so two hours in the morning and two hours in the evenings, and that is for professionals who had to go to work, so that was more of a commute time. But uh, how we are um, dealing with it now, so... We have managed somehow to slow down or flatten the curve, and that means that, uh, well, there are enough spaces, I mean, most of the hospitals, we are told. Um, uh, our school, our school, school for our kids, for example, is still closed. So um, Amira and Diora, our daughters, 
uh, did the schooling online. So I had great opportunity to feel myself as a teacher. So I take it as a positive from this uh, global pandemic that I became more closer to our daughters. So I became the teacher for maths, for languages and for literature and for English language. And uh, it was the another opportunity was to stay at home and be closer to family because of my uh, job. I usually travel and I am away most of the time uh, for days and nights and I can't see my family sometimes for 10 days or 15 days. But this was great opportunity. Um, COVID, the pandemic gave an opportunity for us to be closer to the family. And as you mentioned, Sandy, we had more time to cook, more time to sit around the table and to share. And not to forget my own profession. I always um, did my talks on history and culture to my parents and to our uh, daughters. And sometimes I invited over um, my uh, immediate neighbors uh, to to hear some of the talks on history and culture. And that is uh, the positive that we take from the COVID. At the moment, things are getting back to normal in Central Asia. So there are lots of new regulations, including, for example, the hotels have got new standard in hygiene. Uh, we have got uh, special tests uh, available uh, upon arrival for the travelers. Slowly, we are also uh, opening up the borders as well, and also the international airports are also accepting the international flights too. But things are changing so fast that uh, it would be a little bit uh, naive of me to suggest that it's going to stay exactly this way. So we are also looking forward to it. Uh, I, I, me and uh, many of my colleagues, uh, we really miss um, our job, our job in the travel industry. Well, thanks for sharing that, Abdu. And I appreciate that you shared how much you, you did get to spend extra time with your family and the fact that you were able to you know, be a better um, educator with your children since they weren't going to school. I think that's something I experienced here as well. Um, my granddaughter was also not in school, and uh, so I was able to take some opportunities to help her with her studies. And we spent a lot of time not just working on her um, education goals, but I actually took that time as well to work with her on some of her domestic skills. You know, we did quite a bit of cooking. Uh, we used a lot of different recipes. Uh, we learned to sew. I, I taught her how to sew a few simple things and uh, do some handwork, some crocheting. I would imagine your your wife and your um, mother might also have had that opportunity to work with your children that way too. Yes, indeed. Um, for uh, for my um, for my wife uh, Dilly, um, it was Dilly works as a uh, ladies dress designer, and uh, it was the time when uh, things were slower for her uh, than the usual days when she had many uh, projects. So we had a great time together because we shared uh, the schooling time, the education time with uh, our daughters. Uh, Billy would usually go with helping them uh, on with the arts and also as you suggest, uh, you said, uh, Sandy, about your granddaughter. So Dilly was also helping uh, and doing lots of cooking with our 
daughters. Uh, my mother, uh, she lives with us, and she she is more vulnerable to this pandemic, so she could not even uh, go out of the house where um, we could sometimes go to the nature. But my mother was at home, and she did a lot of cooking for us. She really spoiled us with so much delicious food, and I actually with all family we we gained some weight because of it is hard to not to eat those tasty food that she prepares that's actually funny that you say that abdu um in our house we we did the same thing we uh called the the extra weight our quarantine 15 meaning that we might have gained up to 15 pounds <laughs> <laughs> Of course, now that uh, we've been out more and walking and exercising more and riding our bikes, uh, it, it's it's coming off, and we're uh, we're glad about that. But yes, I think the whole world could appreciate that we all might have gained a little weight during this time. Yes. Well, you spoke of your parents and uh, that they're with you, but how are the, how is your family doing today as things begin to open um are your parents feeling more comfortable getting out and about and and maybe seeing their friends again and other family members yes uh, as the things have become a lot more better now um our parents they are visiting friends they are socializing with the um, with their friends, but uh, in a restrictive way, because still in Uzbekistan, um, uh, uh, big gatherings are not allowed. So up to 30 people are allowed to be in uh, the same restaurant uh, where they sometimes go to socialize with their former colleagues. And uh, today, as we are speaking today, today was uh, Teacher's Day in uh, Uzbekistan. So my parents uh, have been uh, receiving a lot of the students um, to, in our house. So they have, they have had many, many, many students. My father is an English teacher and my mom is maths teacher. So they have been having a lot of guests uh, today. I like that. That's wonderful. Well, I know that uh, I had read a little bit in a blog that you shared with me about your ability to uh, better celebrate some of your traditions and holidays during this pandemic than maybe you were able to when you were out on the road so much. Can you share a story about that? Um, uh, so during as the pandemic started in March and then um, we in uh, Central Asia, uh, we are majority Muslim people. So um, one of the pillars of uh, uh, being a Muslim is to have a fast during the Ramadan month, which happens 28 days a year. So it coincided with the pandemic. Usually when I'm traveling, I, uh, as, a, as a Muslim person, I cannot fast because I have to work and I have to work long hours and it's difficult not to eat and drink and, um, and, and then travel at the same time. But this uh, quarantine brought us the opportunity of uh, practicing one of the pillars of my faith properly. And, uh, and uh, we did it uh, as a family, um, without the kids, of course. Uh, only uh, people above like certain age uh, could do that. So it was 18 hours of fasting a day. And it was like uh, in the month of May, uh, which is uh, one of the long, like one of the months where the days are long. So it was a little bit tough in the beginning, but yes, uh, I'm very pleased that uh, it was a blessing in disguise. I like that. I appreciate that that happened for you, and I'm glad. Abdu, 
have shared some amazing information with the audience, and I know I, I really appreciate it and have learned a lot. Like I shared at the beginning, I learned a little bit about Central Asia and Stan countries, Silk Road, through some of the YouTube uh, series that I was watching uh, in the beginning of this pandemic stay-at-home order. But my audience probably has a lot of questions, especially now after hearing from you. Can you just talk us through Central Asia a little bit and the Stan countries? Just, just give us some information about the region that you're from. Uh, thank you, Sandy. Uh, yes, that's a great question. And uh, to answer that, let me first bring our geography knowledge. Um, if you look at the map, um, if you just imagine the map, if you don't have it with you. So we are somewhere sandwiched between huge countries such as China to our east. Uh, to our north, we have got Russia. Uh, to our south, we have got countries such as um, uh, it's not direct border, though. Uh, Iran and Middle East are uh, further to the south from us. And to our west, we have got uh, Turkey. So this is how Central Asia is sandwiched between such huge superpowers and global uh, players. Um, I, I'd like to give you really quick uh, introduction of uh, where is it. And as you rightly pointed out, not many people would uh, um, have information about Central Asia or the Stan countries, so to say, because these countries are independent only for the last uh, 30 years after the uh, fall of the USSR. Uh, countries such as, uh, as you already mentioned in the beginning of our chat, Kazakhstan, Kyrgyzstan, Uzbekistan, Tajikistan, and Turkmenistan, they come, came out of the USSR. Even if you look at the BBC World Service or in some international um, news bulletin, they, they kind of talk about China and they jump over Central Asia and go directly to Turkey and um, ignoring such huge um, chunk of land. Territory-wise, um, Central Asia makes roughly 1.5 square uh, 1.5 million square miles which is uh, roughly if if we put it in the context of united states that would be uh seven of the biggest states put together so alaska texas california montana new mexico and arizona uh put together that would be similar size as central asia so these five countries altogether has a population of roughly 73 million. It's a very diverse area, not only in terms of the geography, but also in terms of the ethnic mixture. So we have got more than 70 nationalities and ethnicities, uh, followers of all major religions, all live side by side without any issue. So safety-wise, security-wise, the area is very safe, and it has been mentioned already in a number of publications, such as New York Times and Financial Times, like a huge, uh, um, very prominent uh, big newspapers from around the world. Uh, the area, uh, historically, is the history of the area is uh, very rich. People started to live in here somewhat like 50,000 years ago. And our recorded history starts like in 5th century before Common Era. So roughly like 2,700 years ago, uh, they started to record the history in here. And just to put it in the context with the, um, with the American history, 
for example, one of the youngest madrasas in the region, uh, which many people would come and see in uh, the majestic square in a uh, Samarkand, it's called Registan Square. So the youngest one, the one that was built the latest, is from the year of 1640, which is roughly 130 years before United States became an independent country. It's just putting, trying to contrast the the how deep is the history in here. So we had in here famous uh, conquerors coming in here. Alexander the Great came in here and he built his easternmost town in here somewhere 329 years before Common Era. And then we have got many different uh, Turkic, Iranian and Russian uh, Tsars and uh, kings coming and uh, conquering the area. And uh, we have got a very famous Silk Road uh, going through this region uh, from 1st century of our era until the 14th century. And uh, so that's a very uh, quick synthesis that I could do, but I would be very happy to uh, talk in details in one of our future uh, future uh, conversations about the region. Abdu, thank you for that. And I'll tell you that the rich history is what has really enticed me to want to learn more about Central Asia and the countries there. Um, so as part of that audience, Abdu and I have been talking a lot. Uh, I believe this is a fairly new region. Maybe not a lot of folks have traversed into the Central Asia areas before, but it is up and coming, I would say. So, so Abdu, quickly, how is tourism not under the pandemic necessarily, but how is tourism in general starting to build in Central Asia? Uh, thank you so much, Sandy, for another great question. Uh, indeed, that's a that's a great question to have because these countries are not that well known yet. How what we know about the region's uh, tourism infrastructure. Um, as a matter of fact, these countries have become uh, very open to the world and for the last uh, three years it has been the best years to travel because we are, like if you came here 10, 12 years ago, you would have not great opportunity of having like hot shower in every hotel. But now infrastructure is in place, so there are lots of hotels, most of which are family-run boutique hotels where they pay like uh, individual attention. If you, um, well, when you, when you travel with us, usually we avoid the big group uh, hotels. So we take you usually to the uh, hidden gems, like uh, areas where there are lots of, still you can see lots of locals. Uh, and uh, food-wise, we have got a great standard of the hygiene and uh, lots of tasty um, dishes available in the region. And... Uh, uh, there are lots of uh, international flights in, into Central Asia. Uh, hubs such as Tashkent, the capital of Uzbekistan, is one of the uh, most connected cities of Central Asia to the world. We have got even direct flights to New York City, which is 14 hours flight three times a week from Tashkent to New York. And uh, we have got fast train. Well, I've, I I lived in the United States as well, by the way, I have to tell you. I lived in San Francisco for almost two years where I studied how to become a, an English teacher. So I have experience of using Amtrak in the United States. But in my country, we have got a fast train, which is the high-speed train, and it travels with the speed of 170 miles an hour. Uh, that connects the major uh, travel uh, destinations, travel cities of the region. Um, we have got uh, many of our uh, 
airline companies that have got very high um, very high uh, safety standards as well and they are always in uh, they they're always scoring pre, uh, good in uh, international like monitoring groups ratings and uh, overall travel it has become a lot easier uh, for the last three years because for american travelers getting into uzbekistan is easier than ever before only it's twenty uh, dollars and you do online application and the visa is granted right away uh, for ca- countries such as kyrgyzstan and kazakhstan uh, for americans uh, american people no visa restrictions and uh, another country which is tajikistan also has a very quick procedure of getting online visa for 50 us dollars and it is done from the comfort of your home so the stand countries are absolutely opening up and again aside from this pandemic but just speaking back in our general terms they're ready for visitors abdu i can i can tell and uh, it's going to be fascinating to see how the tourism industry really takes place and probably explodes over the next few years in your countries I totally agree with you. I always give the analogy to my American travelers. I've been uh, working with American travelers for the last six years. And the analogy is that Uzbekistan and Central Asia is just opening up. So it's still off the beaten path uh, without the mass tourism in presence. But if it stays like this for five or ten years, it will definitely be overrun like uh, um, like, for example, Myanmar was few years ago or Cuba was like few years ago or Egypt was few years ago. So we still have uh, uh, relatively like off the beaten path uh, theme in our uh, region. Which is exactly why I, audience, am working with Abdu and we're going to create what we're calling a Silk Road Discovery Journey in 2022. And I'll be inviting a lot of my clients to come with us on this journey. Abdu will be will be with us. We'll be putting together an itinerary that will reflect the very interesting historical sides of Central Asia and the Stan countries, the uniqueness of each of the countries, the cities in those countries, and most importantly, the culture and the people. Uh, it will have that enriching part of the tour and the journey that will also take us into who are the people of Central Asia. As Abdu mentioned, there are so many different cultures that it's it's uh, definitely something that we have to explore before too much more time passes and uh, that part of the world becomes uh, more inundated as we've seen happen in other areas such as, for example, Europe and others. Um, Abdu, when that time comes here in the next few weeks, we'll be having another podcast so that we can share even more information specifically about that journey and that that trip and, of course, what we can expect, your country and so forth. But for today, thank you so much for sharing the human side of the pandemic in Central Asia. Uh, thank you very much uh, to you and also to all the listeners um, to uh, to allow me to, to to give me an opportunity to share with you um, what we are through in here. And I also can feel um, um, your side of the story as well. Thank you so much for sharing that. Yes, and we also look forward to meeting you and uh, your travelers to our region. 
and uh, we have got uh, many um, many like lots of lots of ideas but the main point is to um, get in touch with the locals uh, which we will do through many of the immersive experiences that we have got prepared thank you abdu and thank you listeners <clears throat> stay well and stay healthy and until the next podcast episode have a wonderful day <laughs>